Big challenge, uh, really good football players on the roster, really good coaches, uh, and it's a tough place to play, so we're going to have to be about our business. Welcome everybody to Hot Takes on the Lake, a Cleveland Browns podcast for Browns fans by Browns fans. My name is Josh Martin. I am joined here by your host, Nick Pompicelli. Nick, how are you doing this week? Josh, I'm fantastic. It's so good to be back. Uh, and like you said, we went over previously this week. Uh, it was another Browns win last week. So, you know, two in a row for the Browns. We're heading in the right direction after that uh, week one loss again. But, um, yeah, just looking forward to the game against the Vikings again. I, hopefully I'll be able to watch the whole thing this week, unlike <laughs> last week. But, nevertheless, uh, you know, the Browns seem to be, like I said, heading in the right direction. And uh, I'm all here for it. Absolutely. And if this is your first time listening to Hot Takes on the Lake, please make sure to go ahead and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you're listening. It really does help us out a lot. And today, we are joined by a very special guest. If you're a longtime listener of Hot Takes on the Lake, you may know him from our NFL Draft special episodes that we've done in the past, our friend Zach. Zach, how are you doing today? Hello, hello, everybody. I'm doing great, and thank you so much for letting me be part of this once again. Absolutely. Um, So for anyone who maybe didn't listen to those episodes and hasn't heard you on the podcast before, Zach, do you want to just give a baseline of kind of what your expectations were for the Browns this season and then what you have thought of these first few games so far? Of course. So going back to I think the last time I was on this was was one of the post-draft episodes. which way too long uh but at that time i was very optimistic going into this season and it's hard not to be especially with the outcome but i am sort of i think i was too optimistic i'm somewhat disappointed in at least so far what we've seen um especially in the defense at least with a slow start in my opinion uh with kansas city as well as houston Uh, we definitely had the rebound game against chicago there's no lie against that but i'm hoping with week four here we can at least optimism back to where i wanted it in the very beginning and just rule the afc north like we should be yeah absolutely and since you weren't with us earlier in the week when we recapped the bears game just quickly because i know that you know you had watched justin fields in college what did you think about him in that game and about you know what you think of him moving forward this season it is extremely hard to grade him or even evaluate him off that game where I don't want to say he was necessarily set set up to failure, but there wasn't a lot of positive things going on around him to allow him to succeed. Uh, just seemed like the play calling, let alone, let alone the overwhelming Browns defense just really never gave him a moment to really shine. Um, don't get me wrong, he did, I believe, what was he, he went 8 for 20, was his final stats for it, which I can't blame all of those on the pressure or bad play calling. He definitely needs to step up, but I think there's a lot of good going forward in Chicago, especially with Justin Fields at the helm. I'm hoping he gets the start again this week going forward, and he doesn't sit on that performance for extended weeks on end. Um, But I think Chicago has a lot to look forward to with Justin Fields. 
Absolutely. Well, today we're going to be jumping into a lot. We're going to be previewing the upcoming Cleveland Browns game against the Minnesota Vikings on the road in Minnesota. And then we're also going to be talking about NFL head coaches and starting quarterbacks that we believe are already on the hot seat after three weeks here in the NFL. So a lot to get to here with our special guest. Nick, I'll throw it back over to you to start this off. The Browns are going to Minnesota this week. Kevin Stefanski's old team. What are your initial impressions going into the game? The the latest news injury-wise, Greg Newsom will be out for Sunday's game for the Browns. And on the other side, Dalvin Cook, who did not play last week, returned to practice today, although they have said that he is still not sure for the game on Sunday. Um, But from everything that we can tell right now, it does seem he will be playing on Sunday. Yeah, I, I almost fell out of my chair when I when I saw Greg Newsom was out because that means that Greedy Williams will actually get the start and he'll actually get some playing <laughs> time, you know, for the first time since he's you know been hampered with, I mean, just a, a litany of injuries that have kept him out for so long. But um, yeah, I've been really impressed with Greg Newsom so far this season. Um, like I said, uh, week one, you didn't really hear his name called a lot, um, and that's you know for a cornerback not necessarily a bad thing. You know, if you're not getting picked on a lot, especially being a rookie. Um, Texans game, he struggled a little bit at times, stepped it up, made up for it with some big plays down the stretch when we needed it. Um, so that's definitely going to be a, a challenge, especially with, you know, the likes of Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson on the offensive side. And, you know, again, like you said, Dalvin Cook being back, he's also a factor, not just running the ball, but also in the passing game. Um, and Kirk Cousins, I mean, say what you want about him for sure. Um, I don't think he's an elite quarterback by any stretch, but I feel like, um, you know, I feel like he's kind of sneaky good. Like a lot of people count him out, and then he'll just like, like rip off a huge game out of nowhere, and then he'll just go go back to being kind of like the Kirk Cousins game manager type of guy. Um, so I definitely think offensively, this will be you know a, probably a big a big challenge for this Browns defense. Um, obviously, you can't expect Miles Garrett to have you know a record breaking game each week with four and a half sacks um, or even nine sacks overall by the defense. Um, of course, that would be nice for sure, but um, it's not really something to expect. But um, I, I think overall, just really, I think it'll be an offensive shootout on, on both sides of the ball, really, because I'm not very impressed with their defense as well. So I really think um, just offensively, it'll just be, you know, moving down the field, both with great running backs. We also have two running backs that are really good. Um, good receivers. Obviously, their receiving core is, you know, probably better than ours, especially with Jarvis Landry not being out. Um, Odell looked good last week, which is obviously good. Um, looked like he was, you know, back to back to form, like we uh, like we know. Um, again, getting young guys like Felton involved, um, Rashard Higgins, Peoples Jones. The tight ends have been looking good so far this year as well. Um, maybe Njoku plays this week. We'll see. But I really just expect this to be an offensive shootout. I don't expect there to be a whole hell of a lot of defense uh, defensive stops overall. Yeah, and Zach, just to go over the numbers quickly, the Vikings are the third overall offense in the league currently um, in yards. They're seventh in passing and sixth in rushing. Um, now, obviously, the Browns have the second overall rushing in the league as well. But when you look at the defensive side, the Browns have a top three. We're number three in defense. Obviously, a lot of that is because of last week's game. But we're also top five in both the passing 
passing and rushing defense, while the Vikings are ranked 28th overall with 27th in passing and 20th in the rushing defense. So that defensive, at least so far for, through the first three games this season, the defense seems to be the big difference between the Browns and the Vikings. Do you think we'll be able to take advantage of the weaker defense this week against the Vikings? Oh, absolutely. I think we have a lot of favorable matchups our offense against their defense. I think we'll be able to run quite a bit over them with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb instead of a lot of play action, especially with OPJ coming back after a not probably eventful as eventful game as Cleveland Browns fans were hoping to have from Odell, but at least a game that showed a lot of progression and was a step in a right direction for him returning this year. Um, I think we're, we should expect to see a lot from him. Um, the big thing is sort of like how Nick preluded to earlier with this is going to be a shootout. And that's what I'm definitely worried for. I think they, the Vikings also have quite a bit of favorable matchups against us on defense. Um, the big thing coming with our secondary with how beat up it is, Greg Newsom, like you said, mentioned, it's going to be out for this game, um, which is we're going to rely heavily on Ward, uh, who I honestly think has been bullied a lot of this year, especially in single coverage. Uh, Taking Chicago's game out with being such an outlier with how dominant our front seven was. Uh, Houston, he seemed to get bullied. Kansas City, our secondary struggled against Kansas City, of course. So it's going to be one of these games where is our secondary going to be able to step up against a proven Vikings receiving court? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as far as putting points on the board, the Vikings have been good at that. Uh, averaging 29 points per game right now but we're right there right around that same number through our first three games so um, I do think that you know offensively we have the opportunity to have a big game kind of like how the defense had a big game last week I'm hoping for kind of the opposite of that where our offense has a really big game this week but you know Minnesota is going to be hard to stop, especially if Kirk Cousins is having a good game. I mean, he's having a really good season so far. People always have their criticisms criticisms of him, and you know you can say that's fair or not. But so far this year, he's fourth in the league with eight touchdowns, and he has yet to throw an interception. So I think that's going to be a big test defensively when it comes to our secondary, especially with Greg Newsom out, as we said. Um, Nick, when it comes to that defensive side, what do you think – the focus should be for the Browns this week going up against this very high-powered offense? Uh, I, I think the first thing overall is to just neutralize Dalvin Cook. Um, like I said, when he's healthy, he's had a lot of injury problems so far in his young career, but when he's healthy, he's one of the best running backs in the league, uh, bar none. So, like I said, uh, catching the ball as well as running the ball as well. So if, I think if we really neutralize him, and uh, even though, like I said, I, you know, I'm not as down on Kirk Cousins as a lot of people are. Um, Justin Jefferson, again, Adam Thielen, two great receivers. Um, if we can really just make him kind of make it a passing game and just really neutralize the running game, like I think a lot of – I think of what, a lot of what this team is built to do with a, a good front seven. Again, a guy like JOK getting more playing time, hopefully starting again. Uh, he's looked really great, you know, when he's gotten his, his time to play. So – I think neutralizing Dalvin Cook early will really put a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins to really uh, carry this game. And Zach, would you agree with that? Would you say there's anything else defensively you would also look for? I would. The big thing, sort of how we prelude earlier again with Dalvin Cook, is 
first is he going to play? That's the big thing. It, it's definitely looking like he's going to play, but he's one of those character. He's one of those players where if he's not playing, your defense is definitely going to change dramatically. He's just one of those players when he's on the field, your offense changes to center route. I mean, your defense centers to contain him. Uh, I think it's also going to be very interesting what our front seven can do again to the Vikings offensive line. Our Kirk Cousins is not very good under pressure, and luckily with facing the Bengals so far, uh, the Cardinals week two, they haven't faced too much, and at least w like with the Cardinals with Cardinal Jones, they were able to contain him pretty successfully. So if Miles Garrett can get to Kirk Cousins and cause quite a bit of pressure to him, even Clowney, some of our other def interior defensive men, we can probably cause quite a bit of interceptions, I'm hoping. Yeah, I would definitely love to be the first team to uh, pick off Kirk Cousins this year. That would be great, especially at their stadium. Winning the turnover battle, I think, could be um, a big step towards getting the win. Um, the Right now, as far as the favorite, it's basically a pick em at this point. The Vikings um, are a little bit of an underdog right now. I see the Browns are just a slight two-point favorite, but two points on the road is essentially nothing. So... Everyone, you know, from that standpoint, they're thinking it's up in the air. Um, I did also want to point out, Zach, you kind of brought it up with the, you know, teams they have faced so far, the Bengals, the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. You know, their only win was against the Seahawks, who statistically right now do have the worst defense in the league. Um, but they were a missed field goal away from beating the Cardinals as well. And, and it was a missed field goal, I think, that was, you know, it was not a super long field goal. They should have made it. So you could argue they should be 2-1 and one, just like the Browns. Um, still a loss to the Bengals, I guess, it is pretty bad, but, you know, it was week one. And the Cardinals obviously looking like a playoff team. So I definitely don't want this to be a team that we sleep on, not saying that they are or that they will. Uh, Nick and I discussed in our last episode that we think the Browns have a pretty good uh, mentality when it comes to taking your opponent seriously, and I think that's a good thing. Um, but this could very well turn into a shootout. So, going over to the offensive side of the ball, Nick, what do you think the focus should be there? Um, again, I, I'll be a broken record every week. Um, definitely getting Chubb and Hunt involved early, um, and especially like we saw last week against Chicago. Um, getting Kareem Hunt, you know, involved in the passing game, I think, will be very crucial. Um, obviously our offense already has enough weapons. The defense really has to kind of pick their poison and really, um, you really can't just scheme to stop one particular guy because there's just so many different weapons and options out there for us offensively. So, um, again, steady dose of Chubb and Hunt, again, getting Hunt involved in the passing game, um, and giving Baker a clean pocket, you know, for the most part, um, he, he had a decent pocket last week against Chicago, but I mean, he did get sacked five times. Um, now he wasn't under pressure like Justin Fields obviously was, but still, um, the offensive line definitely had their first real big test and they struggled at, at times, you know, really badly, especially, uh, Conklin on the right side. So, um, if we can keep Baker upright, obviously get him a clean pocket, you know, again, getting the ball out of his hands, but then under, you know, three to four seconds, you know, just these quick little, little routes, uh, keep Baker accurate. Yeah, we saw him kind of sail a couple of passes last week after being really dead, you know, pretty much dead eye accurate the first two weeks of the season. Um, I think that'll be really crucial. Just keep Baker accurate and, um, you know, just go to your two headed monster in the backfield. And speaking of that two headed monster, Nick Chubb has yet to have a 100 plus yard game this season. 
Um, he's come close in all three games within 20 yards in all three games, but he has yet to hit that um, 100-yard mark in a game. I would love to see that happen personally. I would love to see him have a big game this week. Uh, Zach, me and Nick have kind of come around a little bit. Last year, we were really pushing their narrative of, you know, okay, look, Kareem Hunt is great. It's awesome you have him in the backfield, but we've really got to run this offense through Nick Chubb. Uh, I kind of think that Kareem Hunt has just proven himself so much as still a, a top 10 back in the league that we've kind of come around more to the opinion of splitting the um you know splitting the runs between these two it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world for Kareem Hunt to have you know maybe a few more carries than Nick Chubb in any given week such as last week for example um you know if that happens to be you know who's whoever is hotter you know that given game what's your opinion on that uh do you fall more in that camp of splitting it or would you like to see it run more directly through Nick Chubb yeah so I definitely agree under the impression of who's you have to go into the game sort of with that 50-50 mindset or that split mindset. But as the game's going on, you're going to see people getting hot, what's working, what's not. And you're going to have to be able to bend with what with whatever's going on. Uh, as we saw last week, Kareem Hunt with the receiving game, uh, opening it up, he definitely took off. I actually am under the impression that I think Nick Chubb is going to get his first 100 yard game this year and just obliterate the Vikings defense and I think Kareem Hump's also going to have a great game but I think Nick Chubb's going to come out this week and be the dominant back I think he's also going to lead the team in carries and just come out and show what he's worth this week and as far as the passing game you know I mean I know we're only three weeks in, so these team, you know, statistics aren't necessarily solidified at this point, but, you know, the Vikings being statistically one of the bottom teams when it comes to passing defense, you know, you're not going to come across that, you know, too much. So I do think this also has to be a week for Baker to take advantage of that. Um, so, Nick, if, if you're talking from that perspective when it comes to our passing game, would you like this to be more focused on on Baker's you know spreading it around the field getting everyone involved or would you really like to see Odell have a big breakout game this week um I don't know I'm it's hard to say because obviously we want Odell to you know get 10 plus catches over 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns that's great um but you know we've talked about in the past especially 2019 OBJ's first year here um that he really, you know, it, it seemed like it was pretty obvious that Baker was forcing it to Odell. I mean, they kind of went out of their way to try to get him involved in the offense somehow, some way, and it did not work out that that well. So um, I, I really think I have faith in Kevin Stefanski that he's going to really not rely on that too much and really, you know, just kind of go with his gut and goes with what works. You know, if it's working you know, spreading the ball around to everybody and, you know, the offense is clicking. I think he's going to stick with that. Um, you know, if the offense is, you know, might still be, be moving along, but, you know, he feels Odell still needs to get involved somehow and, you know, starts trying to go to him too much. Um, I really think that could, that could really, uh, you know, stall out the offense. And again, like I said, I think this is going to be a shootout. So you might have to end up having to match the Vikings, you know, drive for drive with points, you know, especially touchdowns, let alone field goals. So um, I really think that, you know, if it's, you know, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. If, if Baker is spreading the ball around 
and the offense is moving, just keep, keep going with that philosophy. Don't you know try anything different and try to force something that isn't there. Zach, I would pose the same question to you, and I would also just add, you know, you already brought up when it comes to uh, Kareem Hunt opening up things in the backfield for the passing game. In addition to Odell, has there been anyone else so far this year, um, especially last week included with Landry being out, and most of that week two game as well because he went out pretty early. Any other receivers that specifically, you know, you've really liked or maybe just in general that you're excited for? Um, Obviously, Anthony Schwartz that we drafted. uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones and Higgins, you know, have both been here for a little, little while. I'm becoming more and more of a Donovan Peoples-Jones fan, uh, you know, basically every week. And it's pretty nuts that he's only 22 years old. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I definitely want Odell to be on the Browns for, you know, a number of years. Um, but obviously he's in his late 20s. So as he gets up there, I would love to see Donovan Peoples-Jones progress to the point of taking over that number one spot eventually in a receiving core if, you know, the money and everything works out we're able to keep him. Do you see him the same way, or are there any other receivers that, you know, you would be looking forward to on Sunday getting some more touches? Yeah, I would love to see the ball get into the hands of Peoples-Jones more. He seems to be the go-to guy for Baker. Come third down, you need a big play. You need a sure-hand receiver. He is throwing to Peoples-Jones. He just has a unique way of manipulating his body, being able to read the ball and come down with it every single time. Um, he definitely feel it's a different role than Odell Beckham has. Um, he's not necessarily the same type of speedster or the same sort of route runner as Odell Beckham, but he has his own set of skills that I think are invaluable to have on a team. And he's proving himself week after week, and I think he needs to get the ball in his hands more to prove himself with it. I think last I saw the leading receiver on our team was Kareem Hunt. So nothing against Kareem Hunt, but I would love to see our receivers get more into it. Um, And then also Rashad Higgins, we've seen year after year have this incredible connection and bond with Baker Mayfield being able to find each other throughout the field. I want to see that back here Um, with Lantry being out. This is Rashad Higgins time to step up, take that sort of route running treat that Landry does week after week and thrive with it. Yeah, absolutely, and then also just to mention our tight ends too, Austin Hooper, uh, we've had some criticisms on this podcast of him before, but he made an excellent touchdown catch last week. Um, David Njoku really stepped up in that uh, Kansas City game in week one with some great catches, and Zach, we were joking around, I think it was uh, just before last week's game about how for some reason, Baker Mayfield's favorite target is Harrison Bryant. Um, and then he goes out there, and his first pass attempt of the game is to Harrison Bryant. So uh, for our whole tight end core as well, you have to throw in there too. Um, we have the best trio of tight ends in the league. <laughs> you can't prove me wrong. Yeah. Anything you tell me otherwise is false. Yeah. I, I of course, would argue, maybe you guys agree, maybe you don't, but I would argue that Nick Chubb is, you know, at least debatably, the best running back in the league. But I know a lot of people aren't going to put him there yet with people like Derrick Henry and, and those types of things. Um, Christian McCaffrey as well, they might put over him. But even putting that aside, I do think it's pretty funny that almost every part of our team, we might not have the number one player, but we just have such depth that you can say it's the best overall at that position in the league for almost every part of our, of our team. Yeah, it's very hard not to say. 
Alright, so moving forward with this game, we're going to go ahead and uh, do our, our score predictions now. So I'll go ahead and start. I do think it's going to be a shootout, and I'm excited to see that. Uh, obviously, if our defense can throttle them just like we did last week, I'm not going to be mad at that, but I just don't see that happening. So I am going to predict the Browns win. I think it's important that we win this game. It's our first uh, game on the road since the Chiefs game in Week 1, and I'm going to go 38-34 to that the Browns get the win this week. Uh, Nick, what about you? Um, yeah, I'll, uh, for my score, I'll go 38 to 31. Um, again, I think it'll be really important for, for the Browns, uh, to make their drives count and get touchdowns. You can't be settling for field goals. Cause like I said, that's a dangerous offense you're going up against. And, you know, I already think you're going to have to match up with them drive for drive as far as scoring. And I think you're going to have to match them at least with touchdowns. You, know, you can't be settling for field goals. So I'll go 38, 31 Browns get the win on the road and go to three and one. And Zach, what about you? I'm going to go 38-27 Browns. I think it's going to be another one of those shootouts. It's going to take a little bit of time for the Browns to figure out the Vikings uh, from a defensive scheme. And But I think the second half, it's going to be another one of those performances like we had last week where we just come out and completely dominate. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we're all picking the Browns here, but I wouldn't be surprised if this came down to, you know, one of those games where it is kind of lead changing in the fourth and, you know, maybe it's 31 to 34 and we get the ball in the fourth quarter and, and go and score a touchdown, you know, and win the game. I could easily see that happen. Um, but I could also see the Browns getting up big early and then Kirk Cousins tearing it up in garbage time and making it close as well. Uh, definitely with the Browns, how they tend to play soft defense once they get any kind of double digit lead, it seems. Um, but we'll definitely see. I do want to have uh, one more question for, for all of us here on this game. Uh, obviously, right now we sit at 2-1. and one, So I know it's just week four, and I know it's just the first quarter of the season coming to an end, but how important do you think it is uh, to win this game and go to 3-1 and one versus being 2-2? Two and two? Uh, I know that sometimes people get caught up in the, you know, okay, at the end of the season, does it really matter what your record was at any given time? Um, but I do think, you know, I do think it matters from a morale perspective and also just from a, if you're trying to win the division, you know, how many losses can you really have throughout the year? So, uh, Zach, I'll go ahead and just pose it to you first. Do you think if we do drop this game and go to 2-2 two and two instead of 3-1, and one, we should be in some type of panic or, or, you know, be disappointed by that? Or do you think at this point of the season it, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world i wouldn't necessarily put us in panic mode three and one would definitely be of course better than two and two but looking at the upcoming schedule we have the chargers the cardinals and the broncos being the next top three games all arguably uh do very good teams especially this year broncos being three and oh the chargers uh just coming off that win against kansas city and the cardinals being three you know uh but really all of these are winnable games and matchups that we would see coming later on in the year so these are the big games that we signed up for out of the bat these is this is where the browns need to prove themselves early on and show that they're one of these contenders come later on and nick what about you um yeah i definitely uh, agree with what you said as you know it, some people you know don't necessarily think that um your record really matters you know at any particular point, it all just matters where you finish. Um, but I think, especially for the Browns, it's imperative to start three and one here because your next two games on the road at the Chargers, and then at least you're coming home, uh, but you're facing the Cardinals. Those are going to be two tough games that I can honestly see the Browns dropping. So, um, 
if you drop this one and then god forbid you lose you know the next two as well or at least one of the next two um it's going to really put you behind the eight ball again i mean i don't think the division is going to be as good as last year pittsburgh looks like they're falling off um i don't really have any faith in the bengals i think they'll fall off as well so it's really i think just competing with the ravens um so really with these winnable games that you know, I, I think we're more than capable of winning um, you got to take advantage of them and um, you know especially at the second half of the year where uh, you know there's some there's some tough games for sure again and also with the uh, the divisional rivals starting up so um, I really think it's just you know you got to take care of business you know again it's a it's a high powered offense for sure but this is still a winnable game for the Browns and if you're going to win a championship which I think a lot of people, including all three of us here, think we can win a championship this year. These are still the games that you have to win. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And, um, you know, I'm definitely foot in both camps when it comes to what you guys both said. But uh, I do think that this game is very important to win. Um, and, you know, if you lose this game, you put yourself in a situation where, you know, at the Chargers versus the Cardinals, you know, you basically have to win both of those games to have any breathing room you know, going into the later part of the season. So I definitely think it's important to win this one. As as impressive as the Minnesota Vikings offense has been, it's still a game that we should win, absolutely. No one's expecting the Vikings to be able to do things this year that the Browns should be able to do this year. So I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs, they're going to be terrible. Who knows uh, if they can get get into the tournament, but um, I don't think we're really on the same level as a team, in my opinion. Um, so looking around the rest of the week, league this week, we do have uh, the Bengals playing on Thursday night football. So you might have that game might have already happened depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, but then we do have Baltimore going up against the three and O Denver Broncos, and we also have the Steelers going up against the Green Bay Packers. Both of those games, the AFC North teams are on the road. So we could very well, if we win this game, end up in the driver's seat of the AFC North after this week. Again, how much does it really matter if you're leading your division? You know, after week four, you know, I, I get that, I get that sentiment, but. Um, it definitely would be nice to see uh, a victory this week. So um, we're going to have our NFL segment here that we usually end off our second episode of the week with. And this week, we're going to be talking about after three weeks of the NFL, of course, you already have some narratives, you already have some storylines, some drama. So we're going to talk about what starting quarterbacks and what head coaches throughout the NFL do we think are already in the hot seat. So do you guys really have a preference on if we go quarterbacks first or coaches first? Do you have any strong opinions? Mm-mm. No, we can do either one. Okay. Um, let's just go ahead and we'll, we'll do quarterbacks first then because um, I think there might might be a few more uh, few more of those this year. Uh, we'll see, though. Maybe you guys have more coaches. I don't know. But um, anyone want to start with a quarterback that they think is on the hot seat so far? I'll start with a sum of quarterbacks I will say and I'm going to throw in the New York quarterbacks as a whole the Jets <laughs> and the Giants uh, you are you are playing in arguably one of the most in one of the cities that just spits out quarterbacks young quarterbacks year after year that aren't living up to expectations both of your teams are 0-3 you need to come out get a win for your respected cities and your respected teams. I think both these quarterbacks are on the hot seats. Um, unfortunately, Daniel Jones 
might be on the hot seat for his job, where Zach just might be for some playing time. Um, but either way, I think both these quarterbacks are on a little bit of a hot seat. Uh, I can definitely agree with you with Daniel Jones for sure. This could definitely be a year that they move on from him if that doesn't work out. Zach Wilson, I more so just feel bad for him, to be honest. I mean, uh, he has thrown seven interceptions already. I get that part of it, but I mean, it's kind of the same situation as Sam Darnold, you know, when he was there. You just kind of feel I, – I bet this is what a lot of people felt for Browns quarterbacks throughout the years, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, just kind of like – it's an outsider looking in. Um, now that the Browns are actually decent, um, it's kind of interesting to look at the Jets and basically just look at you know the franchise that we were basically all of our lives. Um, you know, because we were we were in it, we were like, oh yeah, this is miserable. The Browns are bad. But then, like, like I said, when your team is actually winning, you could like look outside and look at other organizations like that that were in the same spot you were. I mean. It just there's just so such a lack of hope. You just feel like it's just never gonna end. They're never gonna get it right. Um, obviously, we still had those same feelings, but you know, I, I'm not ready to write off Zach Wilson just yet. I wasn't high on him coming out of college, but I mean, again, like just coming here for so many years, that was just a, it's a terrible spot to be put in. Um, so I mean, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens this year. Obviously, not gonna really do much of anything. Um, they're gonna have another high draft pick again ne- uh, next season. Probably at least a top five pick for sure. So, again, you know, you go an offensive lineman route to try to protect the guy. You give him an offensive weapon. You help out the defense. Um, you got to do something because that team is just is so bad. And, again, Zach Wilson has been making some bad decisions. But, again, um, that's just a terrible team around him. And who uh, you got to pick, Nick? Yes, and I've waited my whole life to, to put this on here, but – Okay. <laughs> the hot seat on, for me is Big Ben Roethlisberger. Finally, we've seen the decline of Big Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> and I am reveling in it. Um, Jesus Christ, the guy looks like absolute shit the first three weeks of the season. I mean, he can't move anymore. It's not like he was ever like Lamar Jackson or anything running all over the field, but I mean, especially against the Browns, you know, those third and five, third and sixes, I mean, he would just be able to eke out you know, a seven, eight yard run and just get a first down. But I mean, just even moving around the pocket, the guy just can't do it anymore. Um, I know he's battling a horrible offensive line as well. That's hurting Najee Harris. I mean, he's basically just getting, you know, most of his big plays just out of the backfield and, you know, catching the ball because running, he really doesn't have much of anything. Um, but yeah, big Ben looks absolutely terrible. I hope to God we play him on Halloween when we, uh, when we face the Steelers, because that's just going to be easy pickings for this defense. But again, I mean, I don't know one, if he's going to make it that far, just, you know, if he gets hurt or, you know, I, I just don't, I think they're just so stubborn there. I mean, hell, they still believe in Mason Rudolph. I mean, they haven't given up on him. And I think we've seen enough for Mason Rudolph to know he is not the heir apparent to big Ben Roethlisberger. So I don't think they're going to pull the plug on big Ben. Like I said, unless he gets hurt and then they're just going to, you know, sit him out for basically as long as he wants until he wants to come back if he ever does um so yeah this is this one's a little bit of a personal one for me i'm just happy that uh you know the steelers are finally looking at least you know on the offensive side uh looking to be on the decline after all these years yeah and uh i'm gonna go with a vet as well um i'm gonna go with matt ryan in atlanta um atlanta you know I feel like every year, right before the season starts, there there just starts to be like 
this little groundswell of rumors of like, you know, the Falcons might actually be a playoff team this year. Like it just happens every year for some reason. And I think a big part of it is because they still have Matt Ryan. Um, and if you look just at his stat sheet, you know, He's not, like, playing terrible or anything, but, I mean, getting destroyed by the Eagles in week one, they finally got a win, and it was by a field goal over the Giants. So it's kind of like, you know, if the Falcons are going to be this bad, you know, you might as well just go into full rebuild mode at this point. Um, I don't know what Matt Ryan's status is as far as his contract, um, but... For one, I think I would like to see him, you know, kind of get the Matthew Stafford treatment, maybe go to another team to get a, a reboot late in his career. Um, and I think the Falcons do need to move on. So I think it could be mutually beneficial. And I really think the only way that that can be changed is if Matt Ryan just comes out of nowhere and has an unbelievable season the rest of the year. But I just don't really see that happening. Yeah, that's another one where... Um... You know, I, I always like like Matt Ryan. I, I thought he was a, a decent quarterback. Um, yeah, I just think their best shot was when they were up twenty eight to three against New England in the Super Bowl, and they just <laughs> haven't recovered from that. Yeah, um, have they yeah, been? Have they even made the? Have they even made the playoffs since then, or like had a winning record? I, I was gonna say I don't think they yeah, made the playoffs. They maybe they had a, a, a maybe a five hundred record, but I don't think they've been back to the playoffs. But um, yeah, they got some young weapons on the offense at least. But yeah, I think Matt Ryan is pretty much done. They got to get. A young quarterback in there to grow with the rest of the guys. All right. Anybody else have any additional quarterbacks there that you would say are on the hot seat? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. Um, if not, we can move on no. to the coaches. Yeah. Yeah, I can't really think of anybody else that's really on the hot seat. No other blatant quarterbacks I can at least think of. Yeah. All right. Well, I am going to start off for the coaches because I got to say Zach Taylor. I mean, I understand that I understand the team is what it is, but this guy's starting to look like, you know, Adam Gase territory where you're starting to think to yourself like why is this guy a head coach in the National Football League? You know, I know that he's younger and you know, you want to give these guys a chance. Um, especially when they come into a bad situation. But, you know, Joe Burrow just has all of this hype. Like, you know, still to this day, you know, so far in his career, everyone's just assuming he's going to be better than Baker. You know, assuming he's going to be the best quarterback in the AFC North. You know, and it's like, if that is the case, then my God, has is the scheme, could it be any worse, the scheme, to, like, protect this guy? Like, he's coming back from a terrible injury, and he's still just, like, getting destroyed. Um, I know you have to put some of that on the players, and, and I, and on Burrow as well, but yeah, I, I think he's got to be on the hot seat for sure. They won last. They won last week, didn't they? they You're throwing a coach on the hot seat after they won <laughs> one. First of all, they're t- they are two and one. But a couple of things. First of all, they lost to the Bears, so how good are they? Uh, they beat the Vikings in Week 1, which I did give them credit for earlier when we were talking about the Vikings. Uh, you know, that's a good win. Mm-hmm. Um, and But then they just beat the Steelers, and I don't know, Zach, if you've watched like the highlights or anything from that game, but Big Ben like looked like he was sleeping during or high during the game or oh, something. Sure, yeah. he, but, he was not there. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, it's not even really on this one that I'm more so saying it's because of the success of the team. Like I could see the Bengals winning nine games this year or something you know but it's more so like I don't I don't want to see them 
get stuck in this position of like Burrow is good enough to carry us to a decent season and a decent record. So let's keep our head coach because at least we're not terrible. Like if they aren't competing in the AFC North, I think they need to move on. And it's also just the eye test of watching the game. Like, if you know your team isn't that great, but you have a quarterback that's going to be great, wouldn't you scheme your entire offense over protecting him, especially if you know your offensive line isn't amazing? I I will politely disagree with your pick here. Ooh. I think – I don't – don't get me wrong. I don't think Zach Taylor is doing nearly as – he's doing his best with what he's got. Uh, unfortunately, they've been. Ri- I think the Bengals have unfortunately been riddled with offensive line injuries for years after years. Uh, and how much can you really? I, I just think he's doing the best with what he's got there, especially protecting Joe Burrow wise. Uh, coming up with a game plan to where he's not necessarily running out or putting himself in these unnecessarily harmful plays. Um, and I think a lot of that comes down to Joe Burrow making the smart plays and not putting him these in these situations, which I think he's also getting better at compared to a year ago. Um, so I think I'm arguably would say I would give Taylor another year after this year with at least where we're at week three with them. All right. Again, we're the eve of Thursday night football, so that could True. all change within a matter of an hour. But <laughs> week three opinionated Zach I would give Zach Taylor another year fair enough I will make one comment um so Joe Burrow was sacked uh five times in week one and in week two however he was not sacked last week so if that does continue then obviously that does refute my point uh you know I think protecting him is very important and I think that uh you do have to put some of it, obviously, a lot of it on the offensive line and some of it on Joe Burrow. But at the end of the day, I just feel like that should be his number one priority. I think this would be a great topic to revisit at the end of the year after we see how the season goes for the Bengals and for Joe Burrow. Um, because I, you know, I absolutely disagree with you, but I totally see where you're coming from. So it would be great to uh, revisit this one. Um, what would be your pick, Zach, for the hot seat for the coach? I think. My my pick is definitely going to be Matt Nagy. You're coming off one of the most anticipated starts for a rookie quarterback this year, and you just shit the bed. You you, you just seem dis. You just didn't seem like have a game plan going into this, uh, trying to run the same sort of plays that you see with Andy Dalton, uh, and sort of really didn't cater to Justin Field, which is how you sort of mentioned. The, the head coach needs to cater to the most important player, being the quarterback, keeping them safe and th- keeping their game and the offense to their highlights. So I think Matt Nagy fell flat in his face, and unfortunately, I think he's been doing that every year after his initial year here. And I think, unfortunately, this might be the final year for it. Well, I wanted to tell you, regardless of who you picked, that I disagree just for like the meme. But um, Nick and I, Nick and I, <laughs> Nick and I spent a good portion of our uh, preview and our recap episode uh, roasting Matt Nagy. So uh, I, I do agree with you, and I assume Nick, you would feel the same way. Um, but if you want to touch on that, Nick, if you do want to touch on that, Nick, at all, go ahead. And then also, I, I do want to know your opinion on Zach Taylor as well, and then go ahead with your your pick for the coach. Um, yeah, just real quick on Matt, Matt Nagy. I heard something this week that. Um, you know, Justin Fields didn't really have any reps with the first team 
I mean, at all. I don't think since the start of training camp. Um, and I think that's just, I mean, besides the fact that his offensive line is terrible, I think that's just setting your quarterback up to fail. Especially, I mean, if it's a fourth or fifth round quarterback, he kind of, you know, took a flyer on. Okay, I understand having him practice with like the second string or even like the the um, the scout team offense. But I mean, you obviously you traded up to get this guy to be the next franchise quarterback of your organization. So at the very least, you got to be you know getting him first rep, first team reps, you know, getting him used to the playbook, getting him used to the, the guys out there. I mean, he was basically just, I think he was just trying to look for Allen Robinson. I mean, Allen Robinson is, is a great wide receiver, but. And they don't really have much much of anything else for a receiving core. Um, I think he was just looking for Robinson, and if it wasn't there, I think Miles Garrett was in his face. I mean, that's pretty much what happened last week. Um, so I think Matt Nagy did him a, a great disservice and set him up for failure. And he's he's not going to last uh, another year. I mean, he might even be gone during the season. We'll see how their how their season goes. Um, and as far as Zach Taylor goes, I mean, I haven't been impressed with him so far. Uh, I don't know. I, I know it's tough last year because Burrow got hurt. Um, so then you're really behind the eight ball and the team just really fell apart again. Um, I mean, I, I think if, I think if the Bengals, again, they're two and one right now. Do you have over the Bengals or the Jaguars? Oh, with the way Trevor Lawrence is playing, definitely the, the Bengals for sure. But I mean, that again, that's just only because, um, Trevor Lawrence is playing like absolute shit right now, so I'll I'll go with the Bengals on that one. And the Jaguars um, are also bad. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll get to them in a second. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as far as Zach Taylor goes, again, I think if they are somewhat decent this year, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't hate the fact that he comes back one more year and have another full year of Joe Burrow, and then, you know, after next season, if it's still the same, he hasn't progressed at all, then obviously get rid of him. Um, but again, you know, if they're not happy with him and they let him go after this year, I can understand it. Um, again, you know, it, it's a young quarterback having his coaching staff changed on him. We saw what ha- that happened with Baker Mayfield. Um, and when he finally got a stable coaching crew around him, how, how much it benefited. So, um, I think he'll make it through this year. Um, unless they just completely fall apart. I think he'll be back next year. Just give him one final year with Joe Burrow and see, see what they can do. Um, mm-hmm. Can I? But as far can as I, my picks, real, real uh, quick, I'm sorry, Nick. Real quick, because um, he did co- he did coach the Bengals though a year before Burrow got drafted, correct? I think so. And I mean, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they were really bad that year too. I mean, I'm not trying to. I know once you get your quarterback, it kind of resets the clock for a head coach. But I'm just thinking from the perspective of like you know thinking about how many coaches we went through with the Browns. I know we didn't have our quarterback, and we also aren't the most patient organization. But it's like how many years mm-hmm. are we going to let him go fourth in the AFC North? You know, I mean, I, I one know. more year, I guess, is your guys' answer. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know, and that's tough. And like, like you said, it's it, it's a tough division. And like I said, even though tough division, the Pittsburgh receivers don't look great, and they just beat them. I mean, I still think, you know, it, it's going to be tough for them not to finish um, the fourth in the AFC North right. again. Um, yeah, like I said, I mean, yeah, I disagree I, with yeah, that. I, I, I don't I, have I, a dog in the fight. I don't care either way. I just. You know, if they want to give him one more year with Joe Burrow, I wouldn't hate it. But again, if they want to get rid of him after this year, just wipe the slate clean, then you know I can understand that too. Go ahead, Zach. So Zach, Zach Taylor's first year goes two and fourteen. The following year, he drafts Joe Burrow, goes four and eleven, who gets injured halfway through the year. 
uh, starts this year two and one. So he's in his th beginning of his third year. Uh, arguably, probably going to finish more with four wins. I would say. I would say they would beat out Pittsburgh. I see Pittsburgh falling fourth this year with the decline of Ben Roethlisberger and the injuries. I think are going to unfortunately get to him. Um, so I I'm think. Willing. So I think this is a good step for Zach Taylor to at least get some credence for what he's putting in there and to see what he's been trying to build over the last few years. All right. Well, I think uh, hopefully we'll, we can have a, a, some good discussion like this on, on Nick's pick. Nick, who is your pick? I wanted to go with Joe Judge, but I feel like Joe Judge is just like, I mean, <laughs> his seat is like one step away from like the seventh layer of hell. I mean, that's like probably the hottest seat in all of football. Um, I think it's just obvious just the way with Daniel Jones has not progressed. So I won't go with the obvious pick. Um, I'll go with a first-round co uh, first-year coach uh, in Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Um, again, like you said, Josh, we've been a very impatient franchise over the years, and I hate firing guys after one year. Um, I tend to, you know, like to give them three years at the most, you know, just to see, you know, some sort of pro uh, progress um, and improvement. But, I mean – Obviously, you knew the team was still going to struggle, even though Trevor Lawrence was by far and away you know, the consensus number one pick. And he has been playing very bad. That being said, um, just, off, I mean, just off the field, it just seems like you know the players don't believe in him. They don't respect him. I know it's, it's a tough transition from coming from college to the pros um, and even sitting out, I mean, before coming, coming to the pros. It's not like he just came from Ohio State last season or anything. Um, so he took some time off for the health issues, and then came back to the jumps right to the NFL. That's obviously, you know, he's in a real tough spot. But still, I just think, from what I've been hearing, just behind the scenes, um, and his attitude towards the players, and just their attitudes towards him, I really, I really don't know if he's going to last very long, honestly. Um, and I know I'm not going to be one of those guys who's like, oh, he's going to, you know. The team's going to go 0-10. He's like, oh, I have health issues, and then just walk away. I don't think he's going to be that guy. I know his, his health issues are very real. They affect him a lot. Um, I just think, I mean, obviously they paid him so much money. It's like, okay, well, fuck it. Well, I might as well just try, and I'm going to have Trevor Lawrence, so I'm going to have a decent shot. But I just think the the you know the behind-the-scenes stuff is just so toxic already. I just don't really see him lasting more than a year, maybe a year and a half, honestly. You have anything to add to that, Zach? You guys know more about Urban Meyer than me, so. Yeah, I, I would just say it's definitely hard for a college coach to make that transition, especially in the first year with it. Mm -hmm. I think there was a lot of, there's, of course, there's a lot of hype with Urban Meyer coming into the NFL, especially drafting Trevor Lawrence, who is the most anticipated quarterback prospect probably since Andrew Luck and I would even say Trevor Lawrence's by far was a higher prospect coming out. So the sudden 0-3 is probably a shock to all. But if you look at any, if you were to give any other coach or any other team the same situation, you still at the end of the day you have a bad team playing bad football and they need to play bad, play better. And I think it's them still learning the system. Um, is Urban Meyer still on the hot seat just because of his name and the? essentially popularity around him i absolutely think so and i think that will get to them and the franchise but i can't necessarily put it all on urban meyer as well 
Yeah, I think that's very fair. Um, and, you know, yeah, I completely understand. Like I said, you know, I mean, coming from, you know, college last year, I mean, taking time off and then coming right to the pros, I mean, going back to college first, um, you know, it, it's definitely a transition. I don't expect him to, you know, get right in there and just start winning games, you know, right off the bat. But like I said, I think it's just the behind-the-scenes stuff and, you know, the things I've heard about, you know, just he doesn't really have the players, you know, behind him and that type of thing. Um, you know, I really just think it's a toxic environment. I and, mean, you know, it's an experiment, you know, maybe you shouldn't have wasted uh, a, a year of Trevor Lawrence's prime on. But, you know, I just, I don't know. Maybe it'll change. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe he'll get the hang of it. He'll The players will come around and really get, get you know, rally around him. Um, and then he'll have great success. I mean, just the way it's going right now, I just don't see it, honestly. And did anyone else have any other uh, hot seats for the head coaches in the <laughs> NFL? Um, no, I think, yeah, I think just Joe Judge and, and Urban Meyer are probably two of the hottest for me. All right. All right, yeah, I mean, I, I probably have a few more that I wouldn't quite say they're on the hot seat. I wouldn't want to say that yet, especially – there are a lot of coaches that uh, had pretty good years last year, so that kind of buys them some time for sure. Um, so we'll we'll definitely go ahead and see. I'm gonna have one more pick. It's gonna be Bill Belichick. Oh, okay, I'm just kidding. Okay, so Kevin <laughs> Stefanski, <laughs> coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski, definitely on the hot seat. Out of here. <laughs> All right. All right, well, that'll do it for us this week. First of all, of course, Zach, thank you for joining us so much. Always great to have you on here. Definitely look forward to having you on again uh, at some point this season. Oh, thank you very much. And again, very, thank you both for having me on here, and I'm looking forward to being on more episodes and hopefully defending Zach Taylor a little bit more, fellow Zach. <laughs> fellow Zach, that's what it is, yeah, for sure. Um, defend the name. Yeah, there's no head coaches named Josh, so I think that's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> all right, and if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, wherever you're listening to this, go ahead and leave us a five-star review if you have not already. We greatly appreciate it. Um, we will be back on Sunday night or Monday morning with our recap of the Browns game uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. Nick, do you want to tell everyone where they can follow us and sign us off? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like always, guys, follow us on Twitter at hottakes 216 um, follow us on Instagram at Hot Takes on the Lake and follow us on TikTok at Hot Takes on the Lake. And um, yeah, just thank you again to Zach. Great having him on. We always love having him on. He'll be on in the future for sure. Um, but yeah, big game for the Browns this week. Got to get the win. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys either Sunday evening or uh, Monday morning or whatever. And um, hopefully we'll come back here and we won't be too disappointed. We'll uh, you know get to three and one and uh, be heading in the right direction.